The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use a promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com and download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for your chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. We're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. You are listening to your African Nations preview here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Also follow the Twitter account for BetMUFC. That is at BetMUFC at BetMUFC. We need more followers on that account, guys. That's where I want to be talking about Manchester United during the Manchester United games. I want to interact with you. You don't have to be Manchester United supporters. They are the biggest football club in the world, the third biggest sports franchise in the world. So it's interesting to everybody that follows soccer. So let's get the interactions going there during the Man United games over at BetMUFC. To get all of my additional content, check out my website, lockbetting.com. That's lockbetting.com. I have delivered my clients 103 months in a row of transparent track profit. That means for over eight years, over eight and a half years, I am undefeated on a month-to-month basis. I haven't had a single losing month in that eight and a half year period. And I don't plan to start now. Come aboard the journey for the 104th month. Lots of stuff to bet on, including the African nations that we're going to talk about. We've got domestic soccer going on as well. The Champions League returns soon next month. We also have the end of the NFL season. We are making money nearly every single day in the NBA. And of course, we have the Australian Open. And it looks like I will be covering the Australian Open 
Due to my personal beliefs, I was going to boycott the tournament. I felt that it was ridiculous what was happening to Novak Djokovic, the greatest tennis player of all time, if not the greatest sports person of all time. I thought that his treatment was ridiculous. I think the way Australia are handling COVID is ridiculous. And I had no interest in, in planning to cover the tournament if he wasn't going to be in it. So I said that straight up to my client that I would, clients that I would look at the futures for the tournament, which I could handicap, which I would do for them, but I wouldn't be watching that tournament on a day-to-day basis if he was excluded. Luckily, it looks like he's not going to be. He's beaten Australia. So now, hopefully, he can beat seven other opponents and really stick it down their throat. So I'll be rooting for Novak Djokovic. And I will now be covering the Australian Open over at LockBetting.com. So if you want to get involved, head over to LockBetting.com and sign up for the service that has delivered 103 months in a row of transparent track profit. And it's down to those PL spreadsheets why we are here. So let me give a little backstory. I already recorded this preview prior to the tournament and a lot of effort went into recording that show. And unfortunately, that show was lost. So it was my plan to cover the African nations before they started. And that show was lost. And as I said, a lot of effort went into it, a lot more research than usual. When it when it comes to covering an episode of the EPL show, I often lose those. I end up losing six or seven of those during a season and have to end up redoing them because technology is not my friend. But it's not really a major issue. I could do those podcasts with my eyes closed, standing on my head. It's, it's not a big deal for me to talk about the EPL. With the African Nations, it required a little bit more research on my part, a little bit more effort putting it together. So when I lost it, I, I reached out to you guys via my um, via my Twitter when I posted my spreadsheet and said, look, if you guys want this podcast, if you guys want a free play, give me 50 likes and retweets. If you want this podcast, drop me 75. And we got it in less than an hour. So overwhelmed by the response. I would love it if you guys could leave some positive reviews because we have been doing big things on Scamessa Italia and the EPL show this year and especially with the um, international shows as well added to that. We've had an incredible season so far so I really would appreciate the reviews but equally what I do appreciate is the interaction, getting those 75 likes and retweets. I know there are people on gambling Twitter that, that round up 700, 800, 1,000 likes, whatever. But those are bought for. A lot of those things are, are fake followers and a lot of them are paid for. That's why they round up those likes. You can go to sites where you can get a 1,000 likes for as little as 5 to, to $10. So I'm not buying into that. I have genuine followers. I have a genuine following. I have a genuine audience and I have genuine people that put out over 80 likes and retweets to get this podcast redone because I wanted to check do you guys really want this? Is there an interest in this? As the NBA season is rolling, we're coming towards the end of the NFL. We have a ton of soccer. All the leagues are playing at the moment. The FA Cup's just started. The Champions League's coming back. Do you really want me to cover the African Nations tournament? And you responded by giving those likes and retweets. Plus the interactions I've had with people, some some personal DMs have been asking me if I was going to cover the tournament or not. One was a little bit unpleasant, um, saying that there was a racial agenda tied, tied to that. That's absolutely ridiculous. When we cover the likes of the Copper America and the Euros, it's a completely different time of the year, even when you cover them collectively. The Euros are on for me during the day and the evening, and then the Copper America's on at night. And if the Copper America's playing two games a day and the Euros are playing two games a day, it's absolutely manageable. This tournament, due to the climate, is happening in January. I'm having to handicap 
seven other leagues in Europe, along with seven, eight other sports. And then I'm having to cover a major international tournament at the same time. There are only so many hours in the day. And I believe in in quality content and quality picks. I'm proud of what I put out there. I don't just churn out things constantly like a machine and not give a shit about what I put out onto the interweb. So it's important to me to do things right. But you guys wanted this show. So I have looked through everything for you. I'm going to condense it a little bit more, obviously, because the tournament has started. We're a few games into the tournament. We haven't completed the first round of games yet. So I'm going to look at the futures. I don't think they've been majorly affected by anything we've seen so far. One thing we have seen so far that's worth noting, and it's consistent with African Nations tournaments, is a lack of goals, is defensive performances. Some of these teams that you don't regard very highly or you maybe not have heard of, they do come in and they do set up a very resolute defensive wall and it's very difficult to break down a defensive block. It doesn't matter who you have in your team, whether it be Sadio Mane, Mo Salah, Riyad Mahrez, all players that are going to be participating in this tournament. These African teams do defend very, very well and that leans you towards the under. Now, obviously the books are aware of this and you will be laying some juice but you probably can make a lot of money parlaying some of these unders together on a day-to-day basis because I'm not seeing three goals in many of these games. And of course, if I do, I'll point that out when I'm talking about each individual game over at lockbetting.com. But overall, in general, like previous years, I do think this tournament is going to remain very strong for taking unders on a game-to-game basis. Looking at the tournament here and who's going to win it, looking at the outright markets... We'll see that Senegal are the favourites to win the tournament at the moment. Sadio Mane's Senegal are the 7-2 favourites. Algeria are second here at 4-1. to They are the defending champions. Ivory Coast are available here at 8-1. to Cameroon at 9-1. to Morocco also at 9-1. to Egypt are 10 to 1, Nigeria are 12 to 1, Tunisia and Mali both at 20 to 1, Ghana at 25 to 1, Guinea at 40 to 1, and Capa Verde at 50 to 1, and everybody else is bigger than 50 to 1. Looking at these outright markets, I do think the books are spot on here with the top two here in the market. Um, Senegal struggled in their first game and needed a late penalty to win it but I think they look like a team that will come good throughout the tournament because they did have a lot of chances and they defend solidly Algeria are the defending champions you can make a case for Ivory Coast but they're just notoriously inconsistent and Cameroon are hosting it Morocco are a dark horse. I think Egypt are a little overrated. You see Mo Salah playing for Egypt and you automatically think because they currently have the best player in the world, they should be a threat here in this tournament. And further down, I think Mali could be a pretty good dark horse in this tournament. I expect them to have a decent run here and we'll talk about them when we get to it. But let's talk about the few teams that I picked out as the likely winners. With Senegal here, you're going to look at this tournament and you're going to look at high profile players in the attacking side of things with Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Riyad Mahrez, and they will feature in the tournament. But as I said, 
It's the fences that often come out on top in the African nations. Algeria are the reigning champions. They came out on top, beating Senegal 1-0 in the 2019 finals. The North African side conceded just twice in seven games, showing the importance and the power of the backline. So Senegal are the finalists from two years ago, and I fancy to go one better here in the betting. Senegal are also the highest-ranked side in in the tournament, according to FIFA, they are ranked 20, but they are never, they've never won this tournament and are looking to put that right. Some of the key players in this team include Edouard Mendy of Chelsea in goal. Koulibaly of Napoli is playing at centre-back. They had Idrissa Gay from the Premier League. Aloisise also in his team. And of course, Sadio Mane is leading the line. So you can see why they're favourites here. And uh, I think they're obviously going to go very, very close. I think they're worth a little sprinkle here. But I also like the look of Algeria to retain because they entered this tournament with virtually the same starting lineup that won in 2019. And those players have actually got better. And I feel there's almost more chemistry here with this team. They've been on a tear since the qualifying campaigns too, scoring 19 goals in six African Nations qualifiers. And before that, they notched 25 goals in six World Cup qualifiers. So they're on an incredible run, unbeaten in 34, 25 wins, nine draws, 86 goals scored and 21 conceded. But while they boast an incredible attacking prowess defensively they are sound as well and they entered this African Nations tournament with a chance of beating Italy's newly set record of 37 games unbeaten and that just shows you how tough they are to beat Italy went into the Euros and they managed to maintain the undefeated record that they had coming in and ended up winning the competition only losing that in the Nations League to Spain that's when it ended at 37 and Algeria they're just three games away from beating this record so I think they are a real threat in this tournament and I think there's value on the price there at four to one picking between Senegal and Algeria I like like both of them to go very, very far in this tournament. I think they're worthy favourites, but I think Algeria could be worth taking once again here, given this incredible run that they've gone on and the fact that they have the same players there pretty much that won the tournament just three years ago. Looking at an outsider here, I talked about Mali. Now, many people may not know why I'm talking about Mali here. Well, Mali are a team who are available here at 20 to 1. If you shop around, you can get them around about 25 to 1. They've been in sensational form throughout African nations and World Cup qualifying. They've won 9 out of 12 matches, losing just once, scoring 21 goals and conceding 4. Now, on paper... They don't have those marquee names here that play in the European leagues. And while the individual quality is probably better when you're looking at the likes of Nigeria or a Senegal, this team are completely together. And that makes them ripe here for a run. And I spoke about defences. It doesn't get much more solid than conceding four goals across across 12 matches. So this is a solid defence here and that could take you far in this tournament. In addition to that, what's very, very interesting is Mali were the African champions at under-17 level, silver medalists at under-17 World Cup and under-20 World Cup bronze medalists between... 
2015 and 2017. Now, that crop is playing at a senior level under a manager who has been in place since 2017. So the continuity is there. Their system works. So this could be the tournament where they put it all together. I'm not sure if they are a legitimate threat at this point when we're looking at the likes of Algeria and Senegal. But at 20 to 1 or 25 to 1 in some places, they're definitely worth a sprinkle. And they're definitely worth looking at here as a potential group winner. They are around about 5 to 2, which is plus 250, to win the group. And it's not a strong group containing the likes of Mauritania, Gambia and Tunisia are the favourites here at 1-2. to two. But Tunisia made tough work of an easy World Cup qualifying group featuring Mauritania again, Zambia and Guinea. So fans are unhappy with the manager. They're unhappy with the style of play. And I feel like Mali will definitely get the win over the likes of uh, Gambia and Mauritania. And then they pretty much would be looking at avoiding a defeat against Tunisia here in the open. And I can honestly see them nicking that game here with their solid backline. I think you could definitely make a case for Mali getting something or even winning that game against Tunisia. Because for me, Tunisia are not one to two favourites. So I think Mali are definitely a live underdog here, if not to win the tournament at 20 or 25 to 1. But definitely worth the sprinkle at 5 to 2 plus 250 here to win this group. Another group winner that I like the look of here is Nigeria. Now, Nigeria are put in a group here with Egypt. And this is the Mo Salah effect. You look at Egypt and you think they're automatically going to be a threat here in this tournament. Egypt are not a very good team. They are very much a one-man show. So I'm willing to oppose them here as a 4-6 to six minus 150 favourite and turn my head towards Nigeria, who are available at 13-10 to 10 plus 130. Nigeria team, in my opinion, with the highest ceiling and the lowest floor in the competition. They have a lot of quality players, Premier League players, when you're looking at the likes of Wilfred and Didi from Leicester and... Ian Acho from Leicester here as well. They have a chance to win the tournament. Once again, inconsistency will probably be their downfall. But we're only interested in Nigeria to win the group. And of course, Egypt need respecting. But their low scoring, fine margin way of winning games is unlikely to be sustainable for, for much longer. And I think Nigeria are a real threat here to win the group. So I'm going to oppose Egypt. Looking at the rest of the groups and the ones that have already began, and I'm not just saying this because I want to pat myself on the back. I don't need to do that. I have a strong record here of soccer over the past eight years. But these groups have gone pretty much how I expected them to go. Cameroon are the hosts. They are leading Group A off the back of their win in the opener. They are now the wonderful favourites to win the group, and I expected them to win that group. I was high on Senegal as well, even though they squeezed to victory. They have now moved to the one to six favourites. They were already in an easy group to begin with, so I have no doubts that they were going to win that group. Morocco are the one to three favourites in Group C. With Gabon at seven to two, Ghana at six to one, and Comoros at one hundred to one. If I'm pronouncing some of these countries wrong, then forgive me. I I don't know some of these countries that are playing in the African nations. The tournament is very padded. Um, in Group D, we have Egypt at four to six minus one fifty, Nigeria at thirteen to ten, Guinea-Bissau at eighteen to one, and Sudan at thirty-three to one. 
In Group E, we have Algeria at four to seven, Ivory Coast at two to one, Guinea at forty to one, and Sierra Leone at fifty to one. I think Ivory Coast could be a decent outsider in that group if they can overcome their inconsistencies as well. And looking at the the final group here, we have the group that I've already spoken about at length here with Tunisia as the eight to fifteen favourites. Mali have come in a little bit here. They now now are available at two to one, and that is pretty much the best price. So that five to two plus two fifty has disappeared. So you will have to take a plus two hundred. But given what I laid out, I still think there's solid value there with that play. Gambia eighteen to one, and Marinatania at twenty eight to one. So. We've gone through everything here with the futures. I do like Algeria as my play to maintain the trophy. I think given that record, they're a strong play. I think Mali are good dark horses to win their group. I think Nigeria are good dark horses to win their group. And I also think Ivory Coast could potentially win their group. The last thing we're going to look at here is the top goal scorer in this tournament. And automatically, once again, the market is headlined by one Mo Salah. Now, Obviously, that makes sense. Mo Salah is one of the best, if not the best player in the world at the moment. And people will be wanting to back him here to be the top goal scorer in this tournament. But the fact is, is that he doesn't have the weapons around him here while he's playing for this Egypt team that he has at Liverpool. And that's important. Mo Salah cannot carry an entire country on his shoulders. And I think it's difficult for people picture to people to picture Mo Salah playing in a very, very average team. Mo Salah playing in a team that doesn't score a lot of goals. Mo Salah playing in games where he doesn't score goals. But that is really the case. And I think Mo Salah is very much overvalued here in this market. I like to go a little bit further down and look at Sebastian Haller, who, who left West Ham to go to Ajax. But he's the top goal scorer in the Champions League. And he is a player who is bang in form here going into this tournament. Now, historically, you don't need a load of goals here to win this tournament. Uh, Igalo's five-goal haul saw him take the golden boot in 2019, but just three goals was enough to secure the crown in the previous two tournaments. Um, so we've already spoken about Salah here. We've spoken about Sebastian Haller. Haller would be the way I go. I think you almost automatically have to have a sprinkle on this guy for Ajax this year. Haller has been a phenomenon. He's netted 22 times in 24 games and he's getting service from the likes of Pepe and Zaha here. So for me, this Ivory Coast team should be backed to win their group and they have the weapons to go far here in this tournament. But as I said, inconsistency has always been their issue. But while they're trying to progress and to progress from a pretty easy group, Haller should be able to rack in a few goals. Other people worth looking at here in this tournament. If you like Algeria to retain it as I do, Islam Silmani could be a decent selection. Now, it didn't work out for him at Leicester, but this is still a top player. He outscored Riyad Mahrez in qualifying 7-5 to five, and he finished as the leading scorer in the second stage of the competition as the centre of the Algerian attack. So that means he's going to get plenty of chances and Isman Sulmani is available at a huge price here of 16-1. to one. You've also got 
Ian Nacho of Nigeria at 16 to 1. If you look further down, you see a name like Abamyang at 18 to 1. Um, we missed out Sadio Mane. He's at 8 to 1, and Riyad Mahrez at 7 to 1. But Mahrez at 7 to 1 should not be ahead of Islam Silmani, given that he's playing down the middle. Once again, this is a case of knowing names, being familiar with names, knowing that they're going to take money on the names like Mahrez, Salah, and Mane, the three names that lead the market. I don't have any interest in these players. I'm looking Looking further down the market here, I'm looking at Silmani because I think Algeria could win the tournament. And I'm looking at Sebastian Haller because he has an incredible goal scoring record coming in. And it's difficult for me to see him not getting to the three goal mark that has won the previous top goal scorer awards in the African nations and possibly even getting to the five goal mark that was enough for Agalo to win it last time this competition was played. So I'm not going to close out with a lock here for this show. I simply wanted to do a preview for you guys. I think I've given you some strong leans. I'm going to continue to follow the tournament and I am going to be dropping players over on my service. So if you want to continue on with coverage of the African nations, head over to my site, lockbetting.com. I will be dropping another podcast once we get past these group stages. So I will continue to cover the key stages of the African nations here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast, but I won't be covering the group stages again. As I said, if you want to get more coverage of the African nations, head over to my website, lockbetting.com and sign up for the appropriate package. As I won't be dropping a midweek show this week covering any of the domestic soccer leagues, it will be now time for me to finally drop that Champions League preview. Now, there's a lot of moving parts with the Champions League, which is why I waited. My initial concern was with the whole Omicron COVID situation. How many postponements would we get? How many games would EPL teams have to play in in the latter part of the season? Would it affect their Champions League chances? Because, of course, the EPL is the best league in Europe and they have the strongest teams and the best chance of producing the winner. So that was important. And now we have a lot of stadia across Europe where they're not permitting fans to enter or they're at 20% capacity or in Italy they're at 75% capacity. There's lots of stuff here to consider. How will that affect teams? How will it affect EPL teams where they are continuing to allow fans into stadiums and allowing full stadiums? How will it affect EPL teams going into stadiums that are half empty or completely empty? How will it affect teams that are playing in empty stadiums going to full stadiums? Is it an advantage for EPL teams to have a home crowd and then have no crowd and basically playing at a neutral territory other than the surface when they go away to these teams? Is this thing going to get resolved by February or March? Where are we at? There's a lot of moving parts. I'm glad I waited, but I will be dropping that Champions League show. I will be looking at the round of 16 games for you this week. But until then, that's it for me. Good luck with all your bets as always. And let's go Novak.